Welcome to a new Wrestling Life uh, rate and review show of SummerSlam, uh, WWE's premium live event. I'm, I am Brandon New. Of course, this is the Brandon New show, and of course, this is, like I said, Wrestling Life rate and review show. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm a little <laughs> shit. What the fuck just happened? Oh my god, what the fuck just happened? Oh my, what the fuck just happened? Oh man, like I said, I am Brandon Janu. This is Wrestling Life. This is SummerSlam Ray Review Show. If you just saw what I just saw and the way that shit just ended, what the fuck? Let's talk about it. Fuck it. Let's get into it. So if you know me, man, if you know this episode, what I do here, man, I go down what just happened transpired on the pay-per-view. That was a long-ass pay-per-view. It started at like 7. It just went off. So for four fucking hours, it was. But I'm gonna be honest, it was a good fucking pay per view. I didn't. I didn't find any bad matches. Well, I can't say that. Uh, some of these matches ran probably a little longer than they need to. I would say definitely that. And I understand why now they probably did get rid of a lot of these these so called other matches. They had like two other matches. But the way that pay per view just went off like four hours later, I get why they cut some of these matches out. But man, oh man, oh man. So let's get into it, man. If you know, like I do, Ray Review Show, like I said, I watched the pay per view, or as they now call it, the premium live event. I watched that fully outright. And uh, I get on here and I rate things from my least favorite matches to my most favorite matches. Like I said, tonight's pay per view wasn't as bad as a lot of people probably will put it. Um, but this, this pay per view had a lot of good. Solid matches, depending on, you know, how you feel about it. But let's get into it. Like I said, I rate reviews, so I go from the least favorite match, some of these matches. So how I do this, it's a rating system where it goes from one star to five stars. I rarely give a one star. It literally, you got to literally just not do shit at all. Like, you got to just literally end in a fucking draw. Nothing happened. Nothing fucking transpired. Just a waste of fucking time and energy. But, um, you know, that wasn't that tonight. Uh, I will say this. A lot of five stars, and a lot of probably, a lot of people probably wouldn't put it as that, but I'm probably drop a couple of them to four and a half, so I won't have to do all five fucking stars. But I do least favorite my least favorite match to my most favorite match on the on a card, and clearly you probably already know what my most favorite match would probably be if you watched SummerSlam just a moment ago. And man, oh man, oh man! But let's get into it. Uh, my least favorite match of the night, I gave uh, I gave it three stars. And that was Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler, uh, the MMA rules match. <clears throat> I'll be honest, it probably would have been better if it was in a fight pit. I, I, I actually think, I think it would have been way better in the fight pit. Um, this was, uh, it was, it was, it was, it was okay. I mean. Uh, Shayna stunned the fuck out of Ronda. <laughs> she kicked the shit out of her. <laughs> shit was real. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought this match all in all was okay. It wasn't. I preferred it to be a squash match. I thought Shayna should have just one hundred percent squashed uh, Ronda. Excuse me. Uh, if Ronda is about to leave the company, she needed to lose to Shayna and convincingly. And I mean, she kind of lost to Shayna. She didn't tap, but she ch- got choked out. So I guess, yeah, I mean, I wanted Shayna to win. Uh, like I said, I thought it should have been a squash match the entire time when they announced it. 
uh, I was at Raw this uh, past week um, and watching the build of this match, and they finally made it seem like, oh, shit, this actually makes sense. But this was the worst match on the card to me. It, 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 a lot of intrigue, a lot of, uh, but when they got in the ring, you would think Ronda would be well versed in MMA. <laughs> you, you would think that, like, that, like that's that's your calling card. That's why you are in the WWE because of what you did in MMA. And it looked very fucking sloppy. It looked very fucking sloppy. That's why I said I think it should have been in. Um, that's why I said I think it should have been in uh, the fight pit. I thought it would have been way better in the fight pit, but instead they had a ring, like a fucking wrestling ring, and a ref. And I didn't, I didn't understand the match. Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't understand. I get it. It was an MMA fight match, but like I said, I probably would have done better if you would have created maybe not a fight pit, but at least an octagon looking structure to make it seem like. Alright, this is how this match is gonna go. This is why I think it should have been in a fight pit. It would have made way more sense an MMA styles MMA styles match in the fight pit. It would have made more sense because the fight pit isn't about a pinfall or submission. I mean a pinfall is about submission or tapping or making your person tap or choking them out or uh knocking them out. It would have made more sense instead of having it in a fucking wrestling ring and just said there's no road breaks. How about you just put it in a fucking fight pit? It would have been way better, but yeah, I did. I, I thought it was uh, it was okay. I mean, Shayna won, so I was I was pretty happy about that. I gave it three stars. I might really say it's like two and a half. It was too long. That was one. It was way longer than it needed to be. Uh, yeah, I, I don't even know the time. Probably when you know I watch other things, that probably say it was only like ten, fifteen minutes long. But it was too long for me. I thought it should have been a quick. Shayna comes out, beats her ass, and just we go on to the next match. But hey. You know, do you think? Um, the next match I will put on uh, the next match on this list on on my list. Uh, I got a, a lot of five stars, but a lot of these I'm gonna probably drop them down to four and a half. So my first four and a half star match um, is Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor for the World Heavyweight Championship. I know I had it at five, but I, I'm gonna drop it down to four and a half. Um, everybody knows Seth is one of my favorite wrestlers. If you listen to any of these podcast episodes I do about wrestling, Seth is my favorite wrestler. It's kind of obvious. Um, but all in all, this match was pretty fucking decent. I actually, I thought this was the match they should have had a night of champions. If, if they didn't play off that Seth Rollins rib shit, um, you know, uh, I, I did a prediction show about this a couple of weeks ago, about Summer, maybe a week or two ago about SummerSlam, and I said I would not mind if Finn won the belt because it would make sense. But also if Seth would have won, like I said, if you're Finn, if Finn wins, where do you go outside of him beating Seth? Because there's not really a lot of contenders for the World Heavyweight Championship if Finn wins because you're not letting Damian Priest cash in on Finn right then and there. That's That's kind of stupid kind of ass backwards I think Damian Priest is actually going to cash in at payback I think he's going to actually just challenge set straight up and try to fight him at payback I know it sounds crazy to say why the fuck would you just why would you fight set at payback when you have the money in the bank briefcase and you're just going to cash in in a regular old match I think Finn I think because 
if Damian Priest doesn't cash in on set in a regular match, I don't think he's ever going to win the belt. That's what the fuck it showed me tonight. I, I feel like and a lot of people, like I said also on that preview show was, you cannot have Damian Priest cash in on Finn Balor. That is the dumbest shit ever. Why would you do that? It doesn't make any sense. If you're smart, you will play it out to at least close to WrestleMania or at least at WrestleMania if Finn was to win tonight. Let Finn win. If Finn won, then you would have let him go into uh, a robbery with maybe Set and maybe then after that. But like I said, who the fuck does he fight after he beats Set again? Like, who does he fight? Because Cody's now on the pathway of the WWE champ- the Universal title. He doesn't want the World Heavyweight Championship. So it kind of makes no sense to say let you know, Finn fight Cody. It, it, who's the next person to fight Finn? Same thing with Seth. I don't know who the fuck fights Seth on Raw. I don't know. Every heavy hitter is on SmackDown, which is the worst situation right now for Raw because you don't really have anybody that can really challenge Seth outside of Finn, Damian Priest. It's not really that many people on Raw that you're like, they can really go against Seth. And maybe Drew McIntyre now, maybe Drew, because the match that he had with Gunther tonight, but I think payback is the last time we're going to see Seth and Finn fight each other. I do think they're going to fight at payback. Maybe in a stipulation match. Maybe a ladder match. Maybe a TLC, something. But I do think Seth and Finn are going to fight each other at payback. I know people are going to say, well, Seth beat Finn decisively tonight. Yeah, but, you know, WWE, and they don't, like I said, they don't have a fucking challenger for Seth. I don't think they have anybody they can really put up against Seth, and it will be believable. That's the key. They don't have anybody to put up against Seth that will be believable. And he's going to clearly be still linked into this Judgment Day shit. Even if he fights Finn or he fights Damian Priest, he's going to be linked into the Judgment Day shit. So I gave it four and a half stars. Uh, it's not my least favorite match, uh, but compared to the other five-star matches that I saw tonight and also the other four and a half-star matches that I do think is four and a half stars, it's the second on the list. I, I got to be honest, it's the second on the list. Um, yeah, yeah, um, next, uh, is Oscar versus Bianca versus Charlotte, uh, Bianca Bella versus Charlotte Flair for the WWE Women's Championship, and I gave that five, but I'm going to drop it down to four and a half stars. Um, I only gave it five because of the ending. I thought the ending was really it was kind of obvious EO Sky was going to cash in at night. Either on Charlotte, either on Oscar, on, on Bianca, who which she did cash in on Bianca because Bianca won the title. What the problem with that was, the match, it took forever. I think it took too damn long. <laughs> like, like, they should have not made that, that, that damn long. It was like 30, 40 minutes. Like, it was like 30 fucking minutes. And this, again, this is, I love SummerSlam, though. I thought SummerSlam was an amazing pay-per-view, but... These matches were super long, and the triple threat match it 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 didn't really pick up until Bianca got hurt. <laughs> like it was a very slow, methodical pace, and I get it. They were trying to like work all three women into the situation, but Bianca was kind of like a non-factor for most of the match. We actually watched it. It was really just Charlotte and Oscar fighting the most, and then when Bianca got hurt, it was like okay, well that makes sense, but. But it played into the storyline where Bianca felt like, yo, you're not giving me a chance. Charlotte is always in front of me. Give me the chance. And that kind of played into this. And then Bianca got injured. 
or fake the injury. I don't really know if it's real or not because she came back and fought. I mean, if you really fucked up your leg, you're probably not coming back and fighting. So I pretty much think she faked the injury. But either way it goes, um, it was pretty damn cool to see EO Sky cash in money in a bank. And they said it perfectly. A year to the day where EO Sky, Dakota Kai, and Bailey all came back to WWE and damage control. And one of them finally fucking crossed the fucking finish line. One of them finally won a fucking title. <laughs> like, like it wasn't Bailey. It was EO. And it made fucking sense. Excuse me. It made fucking sense. EO Sky is over. And now it's kind of interesting to see what they do with damage control. I don't know. That's another group that a lot of people have been saying you should break them up. But now with that EO Sky is the champion, how long do you keep damage control together? Because eventually EO is going to fight Bailey. That's kind of obvious. So how long do you keep it together? And on top of that, what do you do now with Bianca Charlotte? Asuka, it doesn't really. Asuka could rematch EO at Payback because she technically has the rematch clause. Well, you can't. Uh, well, not really because Bianca beat her. But if Bianca's hurt, then, I, then Asuka does have the rematch clause. So, so what the fuck do you do with Charlotte, really? Because that's really the question now. Because what do you do with Charlotte? What do you do with her? Do you she does she now go into a rivalry with Bianca? Does she go into a rivalry with Bailey? Because it's like, what do you really do with Charlotte? Um, all in all, I thought the match, like I said, it took forever. It took a long, long, long time. I feel like the crowd was kind of, you know, I think the crowd was kind of like burned out on this match. It took forever. I saw people yawning in the crowd. Like <laughs> it was just. And I get it. The pay-per-view was as long as it was. It was really good matches. We got a lot of good shit out of this pay-per-view. Out of this uh, lot, premium live event. I'm calling it a pay-per-view. I'm tired of calling it a premium live event. What the fuck is that? Um, but, yeah. Um, all in all, Bianca winning was good while it was short-lived. But, again, EO Sky wins. And it's kind of just building up into... And here's the thing. What do you do with the EO Sky title run? That's mainly the thing. I don't give a fuck who wins these titles anymore. It's what do you do with the fucking title run is the more important thing because we've seen WWE have people win fucking titles and just completely forget they were even champions and make them like the, the like Oscar winning the title against Bianca. And she's the afterthought in the fucking storyline because it's really about Bianca and Charlotte fighting over who technically should be the person to dethrone her, to dethrone her. Excuse me. So now EO is the champion. What do you do with this storyline? That's the main thing I want to see with this storyline. What do you do? Because that's the most intriguing thing. But I, like I said, it's four and a half stars. Uh, Yeah. My uh, last four and a half star match is Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar. And I could have bumped this up to five, but I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna keep it at four and a half stars. Um, Cody got his ass whooped. <laughs> Point blank, period. This looked like John Cena versus Brock in 2014, when Brock just threw John Cena all over the fucking ring at SummerSlam. It looked like that, and Cody took an ass whooping. Let's be real, he took an ass whooping, but. You saw something. I never I haven't I've never saw this 
in a Brock Lesnar match, particularly with Brock Lesnar, he was telling him to stay down. He was like, yo, chill. Like, like I'm going to fucking hurt you. Like, chill. You've never saw that in a Brock Lesnar match. Ever. Ever. We've never fucking saw that. Brock Lesnar was literally concerned about how much he was about to whoop his ass. <laughs> like Brock was Brock was throwing him out the ring every chance he got. Just just throwing him out the mat, out the ring. Here's the problem with this though. And I and I and I saw some people on Twitter. <laughs> I saw people on Twitter. And I had that same reaction in the in the in, when this shit happened. I was like, is this a fucking no disqualification match? What the fuck is going on? There's rope breaks and there's count outs, and then just out the clear blue fucking sky, Cody Rhodes just picks up steel stairs and just hits fucking Brock Lesnar. And the ref didn't call. <laughs> that was so funny. Yo, the ref never even called the fucking for the fucking bell. He didn't even he didn't say shit. The shit just happened. And we were like, is this a this is no disqualification match? What the fuck is going on? This it, like them niggas just switched up the rules in the middle of the fucking match. What the fuck was that? Yo, this shit. Yo, I went on Twitter and immediately that's what the fuck people was like. So WWE just gonna make this a no disqualification match? I don't know. <laughs> Yo, like Cody had his own set of rules. Like what the fuck just happened? Oh, my God. Like, Cody had his own set of fucking rules. Like, I'm like, Cody just made his own fucking rules up? What the fuck is going on, man? The fuck is happening right now? Uh, like, I'm ha- all in all, man, Cody was going to win. I respect the fact that Brock even shook his hand, gave him a hug. That's respect. And I think that people don't understand. Brock is very, very – I know Brock has a reputation – Excuse me. I know Brock has a reputation, and all that man. Brock is a wrestling uh, genius. Like people don't know how great, like, of a mind Brock has for wrestling, and to have um, Brock pretty much go out his way and raise up Cody's hand after he beat him, and literally. Give him a hug, handshake, hug, raise his hand to the whole Detroit crowd, and literally say, "This is the guy. This is the next big. This is the next big thing." Pretty much, that is rare. You don't see that. So if Brock Lesnar is putting a stamp of approval on Cody Rhodes. That tells you all you fucking need to know. That is, Brock. Like I said, Brock literally showed remorse in his in his match, which is rare to see. Him telling Cody like, "Stay your ass down. Like, do not get up, because I'm gonna really hurt you." And the fact that Cody still found a way to win, despite supposedly getting DQ, because that should have got DQ for using the fucking stairs. Yo, what the fuck was the match? Yo, if anybody see this tomorrow, when this comes out, can y'all tell me what the fuck the match was supposed to be between these two? What the fuck was the match? Like, I have no clue what the fuck the match was. Like, what the fuck was the match? Yo, this nigga literally just picked up still stairs and hit Brock. <laughs> like, I was like, did they did they change the, like, the rules? The fuck is going on? They call it rule breaks and count outs and shit. This Cody got his own set of rules? Nigga, what the fuck is going on? Like, that shit, you know, what the fuck was the match? Was it really a singles match? Was it? 
did Cody just make his own rules up on the spot? Did the ref get told did not in like to no matter by no matter what they have to have a decisive winner? That would make more sense if it, that would make more sense. Like you can still use rule breaks and all that shit, but it has to have a decisive winner. If that is the case, you should have told us as fans because that would have made way more fucking sense than this nigga just picking up a steel stairs. Picking up a steel stairs and just hitting Brian Lesnar. Nobody explained this shit. Nobody explained this shit. I swear, I swear, I swear. Nobody explained this shit. Nobody explained this. Like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. By the way, Cody Rose' uh, documentary on uh, Peacock is really fucking good. I watched that all day. Yes, I watched that yesterday. That shit was amazing. I That was probably the best uh doc series they've done in a minute like that shit was incredible i was like man that shit is good um but yeah man that match though all in all was was good brock did what brock does like brock beat the shit out of cody um i really wanted I, I, now my expectations for the match was kind of like i really wanted it to be more like brock lesnar versus cm punk where it was kind of like a balance of the match where Brock wasn't 100% in control of the match, and CM and Cody Rhodes wasn't 100% in control of the match either. It was just, a, like, Brock did his thing like he did, and of course, like, he did it. This match kind of was more as close as to the CM Punk match than we've seen in a lot of these other matches. With Brock Lesnar, where he just comes in, beats ass, and then just, you know, it's over. Um, so, yeah, I thought, it was a, I thought it was a pretty decent match, man. So, I gave it four and a half stars. My highest um, four and a half star match. Um, let's get into it now. Um, so I got one, two, three, four. I got four five-star matches. I'm going to go to my least favorite five-star match, and then I'm going to go to my most favorite five-star match. My least favorite five-star match, uh, still pretty damn great because it's a five-star match to me, um, is... The Summer Slam Battle Royal. The only reason why this is a five star is because they finally gave LA Knight the fucking victory we all knew he should have fucking had. Thank the Lord. They finally said, okay, here's the push. <laughs> like, like, we all were like, yes, finally, motherfucker, you got it. All in all, man, um, there was not really any surprises in this battle royal. I thought that like, maybe maybe somebody would come back that's been injured. I thought Johnny Gargano. I really wanted Johnny Gargano to come back. Something, man. Um, he uh, but but all in all, man, it was it was pretty decent. I mean, they had only like three or four people that really did damage in this this battle royal. Omos, of course, which Omos was not going to win this fucking battle royal. He isn't even on TV. Like. <laughs> When is the last time you saw Omos on TV? Like, so for him to be in this battle royal, I get it. I understood it. I'm I'm more into like hopefully MVP uh breaks off with him and goes and does the hurt business with uh the new the new hurt business with Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits, which by the way I will be talking about soon. So um but all in all, I I liked it. I thought it was a pretty good SummerSlam battle royal. I don't know what the fuck the winner gets because that's <laughs> I, I don't know particularly what the winner gets. Um, I'm assuming they get just a push. Um, so it was the right person to give it to, LA Knight. By the way, I just want to point out the fact that uh, the last three competitors were all on SmackDown. So 
that tells you what Triple H thinks of Raw. <laughs> the last three competitors were all on SmackDown. AJ Styles, Sheamus, and LA Knight. That tells you all you need to know about why SmackDown is more loved and respected. Because I cannot tell you one person on Raw outside of Bronson Reed that should have won. <laughs> outside of Bronson Reed and, I, and Tommaso Ciampa, but Tommaso's not there yet. But outside of that, like outside of Bronson Reed, there's nobody on Raw that I thought should have won this Battle Royal. LA Knight was the only person that should have won, and then Bronson Reed would have been my second choice. Because if you're going to push somebody, you should push Bronson Reed to be the next competitor to take on a Gunther. Or Chad Gable, which is another one. Which I was, like I said, there Monday night to see Chad Gable versus Gunther. And I thought that was a that shit was good. Um, speaking of Gunther, because he comes in with the second, my second five-star match that I'm about to talk about. Gunther versus Drew McIntyre, the Intercontinental Championship match. Um, Gunther is one of my favorite wrestlers right now, man. He is that guy. Uh, this is more kind of like, uh, a real wrestling match. Um, it took a minute to build up to it. Um, but I wish this match was kind of more, uh, I gotta stop saying I wish this match was more like, I don't know, maybe they fight at payback and it gets to that level of where it was like Gunther and Sheamus was, or even Gunther, Sheamus and Drew at WrestleMania, like, I know Gunther has got to fight a different style with Drew than he did with Sheamus because Sheamus doesn't give a shit. Let's just go out there and fight. But Drew's more particular about how certain things are getting done. Um, all in all, like I said, it, it built and built and built. And then it like a lot of these matches were like a lot of building. It was like a lot of building to the crescendo of the ending. Um, it was very slow pacing in a lot of these matches. This was one of those matches where it was very slow pacing. Until it got to the end. And Gunther won, which he should have. He's the one that's about to break the record. And you want to keep him trying to break that record. And to be honest, I don't know who takes the title from Gunther. I don't be honest. Watching tonight and watching Drew and him, I don't want Drew to beat Gunther. I don't want him to take the title. Maybe Chad Gable, like I said, Bronson Reed. Yeah, depending on what you particularly do. Would Damian Priest with the briefcase, if he does cash in on set and loses the set, who knows, but um, somebody's got to take the title off of Gunther, but I don't think it should be Drew, that's what I got more so for the tonight than anything, um, it shouldn't be Drew, it was, a, it was a good match, like I say, it built as it, it continued, but all in all, man, I thought it was, I, I really wanted to be more like Sheamus and, and Gunther at Clash of the Castle, it was kind of more so very methodical, it was slow paced. And like I said, it got to the end, and it was a lot of the kind of slow, like, pinfalls and all that. So, yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's a five-star match. I don't don't get it twisted. But, yeah, I just thought it would be more Clash at the Castle or WrestleMania 39, and it was more so like this. And I get it because this is Jules' first singles match kind of back in the WWE. I, th I think he fought Luke Vinkhauser before, but – if this was his first single match back since his injury, his injuries, then I understand that. Hopefully they fight that payback and it's more of the the chops, it's more of that. But all in all, it was a pretty good match. It was a good match. Um, My second favorite match of the night so happens to be the opener. 
And I know people. His brother's fighting right now. But Logan Paul versus Ricochet was the best opener for a SummerSlam they could have asked for. This shit was, unlike a lot of these other matches, fucking breakneck speed. This shit was as close to a fast pace match I've seen. Um, all night, to be honest with you. Um, which we thought, which a lot of us probably would have thought was it was going to kind of be. Um, I saw social media immediately, like I like I was, I, I felt, yo, Logan Paul, you can hate the son of a bitch as much as you want. This motherfucker's good. <laughs> that motherfucker is good. That dude is fucking. Every time I see this dude wrestle, I'm like, this son of a bitch is good at this shit. Like he is fucking phenomenal at this shit. He he. And by the way, this is more so. Uh, I'm so happy, man, that Ricochet got a chance to display who he is. If you watched him at NXT, you knew how good he was. If you even if, if you watched him on. You know, Ring of Honor and all these other places, all these other promotions before he got to WWE. The man is one of the best to do it. So for him to finally get a display for damn near 30 minutes to open up a SummerSlam against Logan Paul, who the company continuously pushing, I hope Triple H really does now utilize Ricochet the way he needs to be utilized because this was the best thing that ever happened for Ricochet. This was a match more so for what Ricochet could do more than what Logan Paul could do. We already know what Logan Paul could do. But for what we needed to see was Ricochet. Can you actually step up and be the guy? Now, he's not great at promos, and that's one thing. But when he's in that rank, this was the first time in a long time this man actually had a chance to shine, and he fucking shined, man. He did a great fucking job. This was one of the best matches he's ever had since going to the main roster. I have ever seen Ricochet in like the Samoa Joe match at, at uh at uh that he had for the US championship, that was another one. But this was the closest thing to a one hundred percent ricochet coming out party. Like this was the best thing that could have happened for him. It just so happened to be for Logan Paul was his opponent. But if the company's gonna be pushing Logan Paul at like they're pushing him, why not it be that guy? So I thought that was the best. A lot of people were screaming that it was going. This was the viral match. It wasn't the viral match for me. It wasn't a lot of the viral shit. I mean, it. This is more. This is actually funny. This is more of the the wrestling match for Logan Paul that I think he needed when he first got in the company. This was more of the wrestling match. Like, like he kind of had to be very. He had to be a wrestler in this match. He he, he didn't he. He had to – he was the power in this match, and Ricochet was the finesse. Logan Paul in the last couple of fights he's been in was set, and even amazed last year's SummerSlam, Roman, he's always had to be the high-flying, jumping over the top rope, shit like that to get people to pop. This was the first time you saw him actually have to be a wrestler. And like I said, to be in the ring with somebody like a Ricochet who's been doing this for damn near 10, 15, 20 fucking years, that's a perfect person to be in the ring with because he knows more shit than you could probably ever accomplish. So 
this was what I thought Logan Paul should have had. He should have had one of these matches before he got all the shit he got. Now I think they're starting to bring him back to to where he needed to be. Logan Paul is still green in the ring. As great as he is in the ring, he's still green in the ring. He's got certain things he's still got to work on. He's got the timing down perfectly, but it's still certain moves you see him kind of slowly adjusting to. He's not 100% like, boom, got it. Like, he, you saw it in this match, but that's the thing. I think this was the match that he should have had before you put him in the ring with the Romans and the Sets. I thought this was the match he should have had. And um, I'm happy he finally got it because it was one of the best matches I think he's had. And, and that's saying a fucking lot because he's had some really good matches, man. So both had a pretty good coming out party and both tonight, and I thought it was a great match. Hell yeah. It's, it's my, my second favorite match of the night. It just ain't my favorite match of the night because my favorite match of the night is Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso, Tribal Combat for the Undisputed WWE Universal Championship. I'm going to have to start giving these bitches 10 stars. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting to the point where I'm going to have to break a system. Like, this shit is ridiculous, bro. Um... All in all, man, this match was slow building, but when it finally kicked it into another gear, boy, did it kick into another gear, man. This match was one of the best matches you could have hoped for. Um, solo playing a factor into it, which I think is the most intriguing conversation because I this is that ended of this match is going to go down in infamy. Because now Jay's alone. So we think. There's no way in hell Solo getting speared by Roman tonight doesn't have an effect at some point during that robbery, during this, this situation. Jay versus Roman, like I said, they gave them 30, maybe 40 minutes to just go out there and do it. Slow pace, which is a Roman match, kind of. A lot of Roman matches are not very quick pace, especially early. Excuse me. But I thought this was exactly what you needed. It was a very slow, methodical pace for most of them on the match. But when it, like I said, about a lot of these matches on the show, but when it's, once it finally hit that throttle, it fucking went. Um, man, oh man, oh man. Um, let's just get to this ending, man. The ending of this match is, like I said, going to live in infamy. Jimmy Uso costing his brother, his twin, the person that turned his back on Roman for. And I don't think Jimmy's back in the bloodline. Like, like, I think a lot of people would think that, like, Jimmy's now back in the bloodline, which I don't think he's back in the bloodline. But I do think Jay – I do think he doesn't think Jay should be the person that dethrones Roman. I think that's why he did it. I don't think he thinks he should be the person that dethrones Roman. I think Jimmy thinks he should be the one that beats Roman. Did he have to cause his brother the title for that shit? Probably fucking not. This was a different caliber. This storyline is fucking incredible. I have never seen a storyline like this. This is so many fucking twists and turns. But like I said, if Jimmy is back in the bloodline, 
right? If Jimmy's back in the bloodline, what does that say about Solo? Because like I said, Solo got spirit tonight. That shit ain't going to be something that Solo just lets bygones be bygones. I know he did that shit in a moment, but Solo about to spike the shit out of Roman if Jay didn't fucking spear him through that barricade. Like, he was going to spike the shit out of Roman. If Jimmy's back in the bloodline, that means Jay and Jimmy are going to fight at payback. Yeah. That means Jay and Jimmy are going to fight at payback, which I'm looking forward to. I am looking forward to it. Um, This match was fucking incredible, man. It played into the storyline. I like when Jay pulled out the uh, the strap, uh, the leather strap, because uh, if you remember the I Quit match at Hell in a Cell when Roman beat him to become the Tribal Chief to get that lay over his neck. Uh, he used the strap to beat him in that match. So to have Jay bring that back into existence in this, recalling, like I said, recalling old shit that has already happened, it fits the narrative of the story. Um, Roman got saved again, man. Let's be real. Roman got saved again, but if anything was pretty much proven tonight is that this is the best storyline that probably have ever happened. By the way, I want people to understand something also. Like I said, Solo's not going to let that slide. You saw Solo literally sitting on a on a floor, looking <laughs> like, "What the fuck just happened?" <laughs> like, oh my god, that bro, like I I am trying to figure out what the fuck happened. Like that is the that is I when Michael Cole literally has to stop himself from pulling a Jr. You son of a bitch! Tell me why? Why? Like if he had to stop himself. From doing that, you know that fucking hit different. Like that is a different caliber of 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 just greatness, man. That shit was different. That shit was different, man. Like all in all, like I said, man, SummerSlam was probably the best. It was a really good prime live event. They let a lot of matches go, and I think that was the beautiful thing about it. Um, they let a lot of these matches actually have a lot of time. It's kind of the reason why I think they cut out two matches. Um, but uh, all in all, man, this was a really good fucking prime live event. I can't wait for payback. I don't know what is going to happen now. I don't know if they rerun some of these matches. I don't even know what the storylines are going to be. But I do know one thing. I know one thing. This bloodline storyline getting too out of hand, man. I, I think we need a whole new... <laughs> We need a caliber of, like, just storyline takes that just, I don't even know what the fuck to call it. Um, Yeah, man. Uh, until then, man, I am Brandon Janu, man. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And, uh, until then, man. This has been Wrestling Life Rating Review Show, man. I'll see y'all next month for, back, uh, for payback. Until then, peace.